G'day everyone, welcome to Lubrication Experts. Uh, today I've got a very exciting interview, which is a little bit different. We're going to go through a non-technical topic, but still something which is super, super relevant to our industry. And I think anyone that's involved in our industry um, will be interested in the in the topic material today. Uh, today I've got uh, Wendy Harkin. Sometimes you will have seen her on social media as Wendy the Oil Lady as well. Um, she's the president of a group called uh, The Crew Collaborative, who do a lot of work um, sort of promoting, uh, you know, the trades and things like that um, in the construction industry, but also also wider. And the reason why she's able to give um, some really good insight specifically into our industry is that not only is she the crew collaborative president, she's obviously a very busy woman, but also um, a field-based account manager for uh, CNHI, so Midwest, for Shell Lubricants as well. Um, and so, you know, in both of those roles and in both those capacities, she's gave, able to give us a bit of insight into, let's say, some of the personnel issues and challenges that we are facing in our industry. So, um, Wendy, the oil lady, welcome to Lubrication Experts, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so happy that you have created this podcast for our industry, first and foremost. I had a dream of doing something similar to this at one point, but obviously my career has taken me in a a whole other direction of of craziness and busyness, which is which is wonderful. So, I love that you have done this, and um, I'll help expand this in any way that I can. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, I mean, let let's just get into it. And um, I think for anyone who's not familiar with the Crew Collaborative, I think a lot of people in the U.S. might be, but especially internationally, maybe not so much. Could you maybe please maybe explain, just at a, like a thirty thousand foot level? what it is that you guys are doing and and what is um, what is really the aim of Crew Collaborative? Yeah, absolutely. So let me, I'll back us up just a little bit because we are new. We're only almost three years old now at this point oh, wow. as an official 501c3 incorporated uh, non-for-profit. Uh, but I'll kind of, because we're so new, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory of how we came to be. So That'd be great. myself, Having worked for the prior to coming on with Shell, uh, which I was hired on by Shell last April, which was a career goal of mine. So check check that one off. Um, I spent the last 10 years working for uh, the three main Shell lubricant distributors in the Chicagoland market. Uh, and I really I honed in on the construction part of it. I, I, I obviously worked with automotive trucking, you know, I had some plastic injection molding and things like that, but the construction industry was where I really sharpened my teeth and decided I wanted to become the uh, subject matter expert for construction machinery lubrication, right? So um, I joined a lot of industry associations. Uh, I'm also on the board of governors for uh, the Great Lakes Construction Association here and um, just tried to tried to get into the industry from all different ways that I could as a salesperson, right? Um, but it really grew this passion for the construction industry and uh, as a whole. And so I was seeing that my customers were were all facing the same issue. They were all shorthanded on staff. Uh, obviously, maintenance wasn't getting done at the right intervals. Things were, were getting missed. Uh, downtime was increasing because of that. And then if you could get the, the machine in the shop, if getting time in a bay was nearly impossible because they didn't have enough mechanics staffed so the whole list right uh we're all facing it on the whole spectrum all industries but uh, this is what i was seeing so i was seeing all my customers whether they were mom and pop small business up to large corporations struggling with this and because i was passionate about it i thought well man i love what i see 
out here every day and how interesting our industry is and, and how it's there's so much variety to it and how there's so many great careers out here. How can I help this issue? And, uh, you know, this was right around the time now of, of COVID happening. So 2020, there's a huge industry expo here in the U.S., Con Expo, Con Ag, and that it takes place every three years in Las Vegas. It's the biggest convention uh, in the, I want to say, Western Hemisphere. It's so large. Um, and we all get excited for it because it only happens every every three years and it's a big deal. So I was going to attend it for the first time. And uh, I started to notice that no one on social media was really representing our industry, the lubricants industry. And I thought, well, I have no intent to gain anything out of this, but what the heck? I follow Gary V. He's always preaching about document the process, right? And that's content. And so I started to just post about my day-to-day, -day, what I would see in the field, what I would try to help my customers with, the problems that they were facing. Uh, I would start to get a lot of questions about all the complicated and confusing topics that surround our, our industry and try to make them as digestible for them as possible and give them the best answers. Uh, and it really took off. And in doing that, ahead of Con Expo, I kind of uh, started in a group chat with a bunch of other ladies in the construction trades uh, in typically male-dominated industries, right? And so we kind of became friends. When Con Expo came, we all met up, we got to know each other. I got to meet a whole bunch of other great people, uh, the influencers or the influencer wannabes of the industry and all that. And after the show, um, you know, and as COVID is happening and we're all home trying to figure out what to do with our time and everything, and we got to know each other better, we, we all realized that the industry is facing this issue and we all love it so much and we want to do something about it. So us, us gals got together uh, the following July as our first, you know, official meeting and originally crew was going to be a construction retreat, empowering women. But we immediately decided upon meeting that if we were to limit it to women, we would cut out 50% of the industry or the potential workforce of the industry. Uh, we want to be for everyone and we need everyone to come together to, to solve this problem. So crew was born and we had a, uh, uh, we have a split board of men and women. And, and all of us represent various trades of the industry or supporting roles, right? Like I'm, I'm not a tradesperson. I, I'm not actually doing the laboring and things like that, but um, I support the companies, the, me the mechanics, the fleet managers, you know, the maintenance managers and such. And so, uh, but we have people that are heavy equipment operators. We have mechanics, we have superintendents, estimators, project managers, business owners, plumbers, uh, you name it on our board so that we get the most diverse view of the industry as a whole and the best representation of the industry as a whole. And so knowing that there's this workforce issue and our biggest target is that the next generation, uh, we also support anyone looking to leave, you know, the corporate world or maybe the medical world or wherever they're at, that they're not happy. They want to come to our industry. We support that. We also are looking to support transitioning veterans. Uh, but really the main our main group of talent is the next generation that's growing up, that's considering us for their, their career. And um, so we started with social media being that that's where the kids attention is. They're on their phones, they're on TikTok, Instagram, you name it. So we started to do a lot of heavy pushing. How can we generate interesting content that shows off the industry and what everyone does um, and then help us, utilize that to get more of our industry drawn to us and involved. Um, and so 
with that running, we uh, we decided we needed some actual pillars of programming to really make a difference. So our, our first initiative, uh, which is sponsored by Toro, um, is Classroom Talks. And the whole premise behind that is that we get into classrooms across the U.S., middle school, high school, and then in the summer times when school's on break, we do boys and girls clubs, boy scouts, girl scouts, things like that. Um, and we get an hour of time with them, and we have a panel of people in their various roles of throughout the trades that are professional and representing it well and really loving it and are very fulfilled by it so that they can speak on it very well. And they each get five or 10 minutes throughout the session to talk about who they are, what they do, uh, how they got there, what kind of training that took, if it took formal education, if it took an apprenticeship, a mentorship, or if they were able to just jump right in, what that looked like, a rough earning potential, and then uh, why they love it. And so this is the first step at exposing the kids to all of these careers that are available to them. And we've gotten just phenomenal feedback from the teachers after the the talks are, are completed. The students are, I, I didn't know these jobs existed. I didn't know you could make that kind of money. These people look happy and fulfilled. Um, so that's great. So now we're, we're exposing them to things that they didn't realize were there, options that they didn't know they had, because a lot of us are, have been fed over the last you know, couple of decades that you got to go to college. Four-year university is it or bust, right? And, and I did that. I went to four-year university, but I went without a plan. And so I ended up with a ton of debt with a degree that I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, and I'm not saying that I regret it, but if I could have helped, if I can help someone else understand that there are other ways to go about it that are are more beneficial, uh, then that's, then, then I've met my goal. So, um, so classroom talks, and then we established our ambassador program and that is sponsored by Caterpillar. And what that does is that takes, you know, these, these people, again, these professionals that are in their roles, doing what they do and loving it. Gives them a bit of a formal polishing, helps them know how to public speak, have the confidence to public speak and talk on their job and the industry. Uh, they they understand crew, our mission, our values, what we're trying to do, and they feel that they can represent us in the field. And so they're kind of our local, regional boots on the ground to help us seek out resources, to help us seek out um training opportunities or like uh, trade schools and things like that that are available. So as we were having students that were reaching out or people that were reaching out to us, we could kind of get down to a local level a little bit and say, okay, you're in Kansas City, Missouri. You want to be an operator. Let's connect you with our ambassador over there who can kind of help you maybe feel out what that looks like because uh, it that process in that part of the, the, the country is going to look a little different than where I'm at in Chicago, where it's largely union based. And so we can kind of help them. And then we, that wasn't, there was still a big need that we felt that, that needed to be tackled. And so our third pillar of programming, we're, we're currently building out with the support of case construction. Uh, and that's our biggest initiative, uh, a huge undertaking. It's called Framework. And it's going to be the first official structured uh, support program for high school guidance counselors across the country. And so as we get the kids interested and exposed through our classroom talks, and then when they approach their, their guidance counselor to say, hey, you know what, I, I think I want to be an HVAC, I think I want to be a mechanic or an operator or what have you, now the counselor can turn to framework, to crew, to help find the best path for that student into that career, uh, into that career. So 
again, because it looks so different depending on where you are in the U.S. And there's so many different great resources out there that already exist, but there's nothing that ties them all together. So most people don't know that they're available. And uh, we thought, well, if we can build out this huge database of all of the existing resources, whether whether those are the trades programs, trade schools, universities, um, apprenticeships, the unions, what have you, everything that makes up our industry, we're going to compile all that together. So as they approach us, we can pair them with a vetted mentor in that industry, in their actual local community to help handhold them through that process and check back with them. Because as you know, when they approach their high school guidance counselors now, and if they say, I want to go to a four-year university, there is a very clear-cut direct path for them with a ton of resources. Um, whereas if they come forward and they want to join our industry, they're kind of left to figure it out for themselves. And I say our industry is in the construction trades. Um, so that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, we have a lot of committees that are working together uh, on a regular basis. We have uh, everything's virtual because we're spread out across the country, so it's we're we're on Zoom calls all the time. Uh, we do try to get together at least once a year to really for like a weekend to really get some hard work done. Uh, we were lucky enough to go to have a booth donated to us at Con Expo this year because now it's three years later, uh, and so we had a booth there. And then our partners actually let us have booth space within their booths as well to advertise their sponsored programs. Um, and our whole goal with that was to really build out our our database, our network. Um, we're always looking for monetary support, right? Because we are a nonprofit. We're all volunteers. Uh, we need the funds to help keep things running. But we, the biggest need that we have right now is for Classroom Talks presenters. So if you are listening to this and you are loving what you do and you would like to spend five or 10 minutes every so often talking uh, virtually to a high school or middle school classroom about what you do, we please sign up. Um, we need ambassadors to represent the industry and what you do and, and wherever you are. Uh, we're currently U.S.-based. We are actually having a call later this week with uh, potential contenders to start the first Canadian chapter. Um, and our goal is to build this out across the world, you know, over the next many years. Uh, once we have everything rolling and solid here in the U.S. So that way we can kind of just copy and paste as it applies. But um, so, yes, yeah, so ambassadors, please sign up. And then uh, if you or your company have mentorships, internships, job shadow opportunities, um, maybe employment opportunities as people come right out of high school, uh, we need you to reach out to us as well so that we can add you to that database of resources as we build this out. So that's crew collaborative in a nutshell. Um, wow, that, that was a big, big overview, big backstory. I'm I'm sorry that was long winded. No, that was awesome. Um, and that is, I, I got to say, that is deeply impressive. Um, what you guys are undertaking. Um, and the, you know, sort of the breadth of the programs, um, but also the depth of the programs is is really impressive to see. Um, also the public speaking training is obviously paying off because that's probably the most articulate answer I've ever been given on this podcast. <laughs> um, <Right>. so, <laughs> um, maybe just to, to, to back up a little bit, there's a couple of things I want to pick up on in that answer. Cause, um, there's, there's so much to unpack there. Um, one, maybe just a, a clarification for people that are not aware. Uh, Gary V is um, also known as Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, who's a sort of like a marketing executive over in the US. And he's a big advocate of using social media to sort of increase um, your reach and your influence. Um, and he's, the perspective that he often takes is sort of 
try and document what you're doing in your day-to-day job and just post it up on the internet and people will kind of follow that. Yep. Um, so there was, that was one thing there. One of the other things I really liked was the sort of the construction of the idea um, for how to get uh, diversity onto the board um, and into the members as well. So uh, on, a, on a previous episode of this podcast, we talked to James Morehouse uh, from ABN Resource over in the UK. And um, he was he talked extensively about um, you know bringing diversity into the workplace and and what do DNI initiatives um, in an ideal scenario what do they accomplish and um, specifically you know with you guys being able to uh, ensure that a whole bunch of different job functions are represented on the board uh, to get their different perspective I think is like a, you know the perfect example of diversity of uh, perspective and of of thought um really adding being additive to the process um i i think that was um that was really great and and the other thing actually to pick up on which we also talked about in the abn resource podcast was the idea of a lot of the oil majors are starting to reach into you know universities and schools to try and attract them into the industry um i think what you guys are doing is probably the missing piece of the puzzle in that you're both doing school as well as, uh, let's say, university or college outreach, uh, but also meeting these uh, you know younger people where they are on social media as well. And I think that's probably the piece that's off that's often most missed uh, by some of the majors, um, mainly because and and you'd probably be well well aware of this, uh, the social media efforts of some of the majors can be a little bit restricted. Thanks to mm-hmm. you know public and government affairs and 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 all this um, and obviously they need to be very careful about how they craft their message. So um, I think all of those things combined, um, what you guys are doing at Crew Collaborative sounds um, like it's extremely impressive. Um, and if there's anything any way that I can help, um, just just let me know. But um, maybe just to to back up a little bit. So now we've got an idea of what Crew Collaborative does, what you guys are trying to accomplish. Um, maybe if we can take ourselves back to where does this problem stem from? So you guys identified a problem that, you know, we have a shortage of labor in the construction industry, but also the related uh, trades associated with the construction industry. And that's something we're feeling in Australia as well. Um, and I know speaking with people internationally, that's that's very much the case. Have you guys identified any kind of root causes? Uh, we've we've talked um, on this podcast, you know, with with previous guests about what what they think anecdotally is the the root cause of the problem, but what have what have you guys seen? You're, you're more, you're kind of deeper in the trenches uh, than most of us are. Yeah, I feel like it's a loaded question because it might require a bit of political savvy, political correctedness. Uh, <laughs> but I like to be honest and transparent um, and have the hard conversations. So I'll I'll just kind of say it how it is. We have the issue of stigma, right? Uh, there's been this stigma painted across all of the trades that they're dirty, they're gross, they're a they're a, your last resort career because you failed at something else, you know, it, and and they're just undesirable. And so that's that's the number one cause that we've created. The second is that then because of maybe because of that, but in addition to that, parents, uh, you know, wanting to whether it's a, a an an ego thing. Uh, only want to encourage their kids. It's probably not just an ego thing. Sometimes it is, you know, well, Johnny's going to be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, but, um, 
And oh my gosh, if if he thought about becoming an equipment operator where he could make just as much right out of high school <laughs> without acquiring any debt, uh, that's like the end of the world. Um, so it's it's dealing with the parents who have they they don't have maybe the understanding either of what it what it entails, right? But they have really pushed the last few generations, mine included, into the university space. And then that that created that sense of, well, if you're not going to a four-year university for some special degree, you're you're kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. And and there's so much wrong with that on so many levels. And now we're seeing the effects of that, right? Where it no longer really gets you unless it's a highly specialized career, like a doctor of some sort, you know, like a, a chemist, a chemical engineer, or or these really specific fields where you definitely need that degree and that training. A lot of the degrees nowadays don't really get you anywhere, mine included. You know, um, I, I have a degree in Spanish language. I love that I can speak another language. Do I use it ever? No. <laughs> you know, uh, does my my career path require that? No, it did not. Um, and so, so you have stigma and you have the fact that the past generations have pushed for university so hard. Uh, and now we have the issue of exposure. And so the kids just don't know that these jobs exist. Uh, they don't know that it takes so much for just for this, this TV to come to be behind me, you know, and, and everything that goes into that and the logistics and, and all of that. And so, um, now I think we will see a pendulum swing. I think, uh, I'm already starting to see because this is kind of the space that I've somehow become a subject matter expert in at this point. Um, I do see hope. I do see more resources being poured into this. I see many more companies and organizations trying to 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 work to tackle the problem. And so now you're starting to see more and more kids reach out with interest or programs that are starting to pick up in attendance. Um, you know, one thing that we did with the construction association that I'm a part of is a while back, we'd attend the the career trade fairs at the local tech schools here. And um, we had like baseball cards, excuse me, made up that had just a kind of one of your more common trades jobs. And then on the back, it had your, your earning potential, what kind of training, things like that. And when we would be at these, these career fairs, you know, the parents would find out that we were with construction and just kind of like steer their kids away. But when we would show them these, these uh, baseball cards with the earning on the back, the, the, the wages, I mean, their jaws would hit the floor <laughs> about what you, the money that can be made in the industry and everything. And then it was okay, well, maybe we should explore this and look into this more. And I think the kids are seeing that. And and we're also coming into the first, you know, millennials are the start of it, but now Gen Z especially. They're the first generations that are less motivated by money and earnings and more motivated by uh, purpose. And so being able to explain it to them that this is this is this career, this is this job, and this is how it impacts our society, our community, and how you can be a part of it. And that's what resonates with them. And I would, I'll agree. I'm a, I'm an example of that. I absolutely loved finding how, uh, the, how important lubricants are to everything around us and oil in general, right? How it's literally everything for our society, uh, your toothbrush required oil to come into existence. And so, um, that for me makes the job so exciting and, and knowing the important roles that we play in keeping everything running, keeping our societies running and going. Yeah, that that that's amazing. I mean, it'd be interesting also to see um, what role uh, kind of safety, I guess, has um, to play in this as well. Because I think you know part of the stigma, aside from the jobs being you know dirty and all the rest of it, 
is also that a lot of these jobs were unsafe. And, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, that was probably true, to be to be fair. You know, uh, right. there were a lot of workplace hazards, but, you know, workplace safety has come so far in, in the last 50 to 60 years that realistically, you know, yeah, there is still danger associated with any of these jobs, but um, the danger minimization has gotten to the point where um, we don't need to really... Um, Maybe it's not as it's not as dangerous, right? In right. fact, sitting in your chair, staring at a computer for eight hours a day is probably more dangerous for your health, if anything else. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the, I think what is interesting about um, about you is that you're able to sort of bridge the gap, uh, specifically between the construction industry, which is where Crew Collaborative is sort of focusing its efforts, but you also have your foot in the lubricants industry as well. Um, mm-hmm. How have you seen these same dynamics play out with our industry specifically? Like, um, you know, anecdotally, uh, I found it's very hard to attract people into our industry. And most of the time when you talk to people and you say, how did you end up in the lubricants industry? The answer is almost always, oh, by accident. I never meant to come here. (laughs) So how do we get people into our industry on purpose? It's a great question. And it's something that I've kind of... um dreamt about a bit or, or thought about in the last few months about what is going to be my next move after my term as president with crew, um, figuring out how I can take the same concepts and apply it really specifically and dig into our industry, the, the lubricants, the oil industry, because we probably have the worst stigma of all. You know, we're big, bad oil and uh, big, bad oil is still absolutely necessary and important for civilization. And um, how do I how can I help change that stigma and use my platform and what I've learned through crew uh, over here on this side? Um, but you're absolutely right. And it affects us in so many ways. I mean, I see it with my customers and uh, you and I were talking before we started. There's Because there's such a shortage of uh, maintenance managers, equipment managers, mechanics, things like that on my, on, on my side of the, the lubricants industry. Um services are not being done on time. Uh, machines are being pushed much harder because they're not being serviced. So those lubricants have to hold up. So now now you're trying to convince someone to purchase a more robust product, more expensive product, because it's not gonna get uh, changed as often as it needs to be because there's no staff to change it, right? Uh, same thing goes with uh, the equipment coming in for service. So. If that applying it again back to the construction industry, if that excavator building that bridge or what have you isn't getting serviced, what's happening to it, and how much of a risk is it for a major failure? And now uh, safety is at risk, right? For people on the job, plus costly downtime, plus in slowing down the job, um, trying to find a, someone to bring it in for service on time or service it in the field. And then, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, it, it plagues us. It plagues us on so many different levels. And you make a great point. Safety definitely comes into play there. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 such a hard one, I think, for, for our, our industry. Because like you say, you know, we are, we kind of have that association with, with big oil and all the environmental baggage that sort of comes with that. At the same time, uh, lubricants is... In many respects, separate to the rest of the oil industry too, but you can't really make yeah. that. It's very difficult to make that distinction, right? So, you know, uh, people uh, people associate our industry with 
with big oil. And uh, now, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you know, for for some people, they do they do experience that um, that stigma. Um, yeah. And and yeah, trying to get people to to come to our industry, I think um, it, it's very hard for for our industry without the connections of someone like Crew Collaborative, right? To be able to talk to students about um, all the interesting opportunities that you have. I mean, the thing that I've absolutely loved about this industry um, compared to my previous career. You know, my, my previous career, I drilled uh, gas wells okay. for, for the upstream side of the business. Yep. And as exciting and and dynamic and awesome as that job job was, uh, in the end, I spent seven years putting holes in the ground. Yeah. Um, whereas with lubricants, it, it's uh, you get a much more general view of the world. You get to see yeah. you know the construction industry, plastic injection molding. You see automotive industry. You see mining, oil and gas, and and the breadth that you you get to interact with is for me at least the the single best part of my job is that I get to it see is. kind of like how the sausage is made but in so many different industries um and and you know if if there's any way that we can convey that to people and and describe how interesting that is if you have just a curiosity about how the world works uh to me that like there's literally no better place to be I completely agree and you know I facilitate a lot of the classroom talks that we do for a crew and uh, when I'll start and I'll give my story first. And that's that's exactly what I say as well, that every day is like a field trip, uh, you know, or or you're getting to step into an episode of how it's made and, and you get such a great insight into uh, so many different parts of our society and, and how things come to be and how they function and work. And um, it is, and it makes it so interesting. And you get to plan your own schedule. I mean, I, I, I build my calendar and I get to travel all over and see so many, yeah, I, it's just great. And so you're right. So taking that passion and putting it out there for uh, others to hear and see so that they know it's available to them. Yeah. Well, uh, Wendy, you know, th- thanks so much for sharing, um, you know, everything that, that Crew Collaborative is is doing. Um, I think what you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. And I would encourage anyone that was listening to this podcast, obviously I've got a relatively niche audience, but please follow um, both Wendy, the oil lady, as well as Crew Collaborative on all the various uh, social media platforms yes. and try and sort of spread the word as much as possible because the work that you guys are doing is just absolutely fantastic and very much needed. Um, you know, frankly, I wish there was something like it you know, in Australia um, to promote some of the trades well, we outside of the mining industry. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when we do, we're going to need a board. So I'll, I'll have you uh, as the first contender. Well, there you go. I mean, Australia, you know, we face, <laughs> we face an interesting one where, um, the, the mining industry is a very, very popular place to go to. So there's a very clear pathway if you want to be a tradesperson. And it doesn't really have the stigma associated because everyone is well aware in this country of how much you can earn, you know, out, sure. out doing fly in, fly out work in the in the mines. The challenge for us is that every other industry gets left behind um, okay. because mining kind of hoovers up all the all, all the talent. And uh, f- for the rest of us, we're, we're struggling to, to figure out ways to attract um, you know, people into these industries. But um, some of the insights that you've provided today, I think are going to be really helpful to people to, to understand, you know, how to shape that conversation. Um, and yeah, like I said, if um, people please uh, follow Wendy, um, you know, probably our audience is, is probably going to follow you on LinkedIn, but, um, but elsewhere as well. So Wendy, thanks so much for your insight and I uh, hope we'll talk again thanks soon. Thanks for having me. You got it.